0: Theme we're in for the year is life is a church. We've been talking about that, um, getting into the idea of uh, how life and church, the connection there, needs to be more than just a connection on Sunday. How it needs to be something that goes uh, through us throughout our week and becomes part of our everyday. The walk that you have with Jesus Christ, the life that you live and express your faith through should be connected to him, but also connected through your local church. Uh, We've talked about that a lot, and I know that's um, a tough subject and a tough topic for some people to talk about in this day and age and some people to accept because um, they're not, people are not real uh, crazy about church. We're chatting a little bit with some uh, folks before church about that, how people have been burned in church, they've been hurt in church, they've been uh, abused, if you will, in church in different ways. And so to tell people that being part of a local church is God's plan for your life as a follower of Christ really is difficult for some people to accept and some people to believe. But just because it's difficult doesn't mean it's wrong. Right? So we need to understand that. What we should be working towards is a life that is connected to Jesus Christ, but also connected with Him through a church, because that is the way that He uh, laid it out. That is God's plan for our lives. Now, specifically, what we're talking about now is the life church investment. We've talked about a couple different areas uh, about life and church and how they connect. This morning, we want to start, I want to start a message on uh, the investment of our life in the church and the investment to our lives from the church, the life church investment. Let's read Luke chapter 14, beginning at verse 28. It says, for which of you wanting to build a tower doesn't first sit down and calculate the cost to see if he has enough to complete it, Otherwise, after he has laid the foundation and cannot finish it, all the onlookers will begin to ridicule him, saying, this man started to build and was able to finish. How many of you are, in, are familiar with the phrase informed consent? Informed consent. If you've ever had a medical procedure or ever um, gone through uh, many times at work, you have to sign um, you know, privacy agreements or something like that, and it's informed consent. Well, informed consent is the practice wherein the affected parties in an agreement, this is straight from, straight from uh, the definition, so I'm just reading it off. It's on the screen. Uh, wherein the affected parties in an agreement, such as a medical procedure, legal contract, financial arrangement, et cetera, have full knowledge of the possible benefits, consequences, and outcomes of that agreement. This protects each individual with the knowledge they need to make the best decision for their life and family. We are, we're, we're right at, at this time, right now, we're going through a refinance here at the church. Well, because I'm the pastor, I have to head that up. I have to go through all the, all the paperwork and sign my name and all this. And then at the same time, Aaron and I are buying a house. And it's, if you haven't bought a house, if you've not bought a house in this new time period where everything can be electronic, I'm sorry, because I know that you had to sign so many pieces of paper and probably used a couple different pens to get through it all. But nowadays, you can just click on it, right? You can just click, and it's elect- a lot of things are electronic, and you can sign your electronic signature. It's made it so much easier. And, you know, we, we, uh, they, the, the mortgage... Broker messaged us uh, to th- this week and wanted to know what we were using, who we were using for homeowner's insurance. And that's a whole nother conversation, right? You go, you get on the phone with the, with the agent and you talk and, oh my gosh, and everything is informed consent. You have to go online and you have to click this and, and read this. And, and I'm, the, I'm the kind of guy that, listen, if I'm signing something that's gonna cost me, my signature is gonna cost me more than five bucks, um, yeah. I want to know what I'm signing for, right? So uh, I, I read the, the, the purchase and sales agreement. I read every word of that purchase and sales agreement. It's informed consent. Well, this passage of scripture, our text for this sermon is all about informed consent when it comes to following Jesus. This is, you can call this Jesus Christ's Informed consent clause when it comes to following him because he says very simply to us listen if you are going to follow me you need to sit down and count the cost you need to sit down and count the cost a lot of people have done it maybe you've done that before maybe you're coming back to church maybe you've been burned in church you've been hurt in church you've been gone through some struggles in church before and it turned you off to what the popular term was, organized religion, right? And you stayed out for a while. And now you're coming back. And you're not sure what, you're not sure whether or not you are ready and willing to reach out to a church and allow that church to reach back to you. Did you know that that's not a bad thing? I think that's a very good thing. In fact, I think that's a very scriptural thing. Jesus said, listen, before you commit yourself, sit down and count the cost. Sit down and count the cost because the last thing you need is to make a commitment you can't live up to. And the last thing a church needs is for you to make a commitment that you're not going to live up to. Does that make sense? So what we're going to be talking about here." Is the life church investment with informed consent? I'm I'm not gonna make any, any bones about it. We're talking about in this message, it's gonna be it's gonna be a few weeks message, about you making a co- deeper commitment on whatever level you're at. If you're a sometime attender, then we're talking about why don't you why don't you give it a shot? of being here every week and seeing what God can do for you every week that you're able to be. I know, you know, this is, this is vacation week and, I'll, you know, it's, it's kind of, it, it's like 52 degrees today. So um, people out and about at the park getting sun and going swimming right in the, in the town pool or whatever. If it's, if, wherever you're at, are you going to be willing to make a deeper commitment of your life to the church and allow, now here's a, here's a bigger, what I think is, is a, a bigger choice to make and a deeper commitment to think about, are you going to allow the church to invest in you? Because that's, see, that's when, that's when growth really happens. And that's when uh, the connection is truly made. When you are willing to invest in your own walk with Christ through your local church, and then you're, allowed, you're, you're allowing the church to reciprocate that investment. And you're allowing the church to invest in you, in your life. Your investment in the kingdom of God through your local church ministry is vital to the success, the success of God's kingdom on earth. Because that's how God designed it to work. God designed the church to be successful because of the investment of its people. And I know, let me give this disclaimer right off the top, okay? Uh, Aaron's been praying for me about this message because we don't talk a lot about money here. I just jumped right into that, didn't I? We don't talk a lot about money here. Not because I'm afraid to. Not because because, uh, the Bible doesn't talk about it, because the Bible does talk about it, but because I don't think it's the only thing we need to talk about. But there are times that we're going to talk about it, and when we talk about investment, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but how many of you, your minds went right to money? Oh, he's talking about investing, so he must be talking about money, right? Well, we're going to talk about money. (laughs) No doubt about it, we're going to be talking about it. But finances and your money are not the only thing that God has asked you to invest in his kingdom. So what I'm asking you to do through this series is first of all, show up. Call the people that aren't here today and say, hey, you need to show up because we're talking about some important stuff. And secondly, open up your hearts and your minds to the idea of investing in every aspect of your walk with the Lord. And we're going to talk about three different areas and three different aspects. I'm going to move this back until I need it because I'm going to kill myself. If I don't, I keep tripping over it. Now, I know money is a sensitive topic. I know your life is a sensitive topic. I know getting involved in a church for many people is a sensitive topic because We will go so far, but we won't go any farther because we don't want to get burned again. We don't want to get, uh, we don't want to overextend again. We don't want to subject our children to something again. I just ask you to listen. I just ask you to, to open up your heart and your mind to this message and to see what God has for you, to see what God wants to speak to you about. I believe that the personal investment of each individual and family in the church and the church's reciprocal investment in the individual and family is the axle on which the wheel of the church and lives spin. Our mutual investment in the church and the church investing in us is the axle on which the wheel of the church and our lives spin. And if the wheels are spinning, and they're, they're touching the ground, they're going to move forward. So what we're talking about is, is being able to make that investment of our lives and allow investment in our lives so that we can move forward and we can do and accomplish things for the kingdom of God in our life and in our church. The first thing I want to do is, is look at it from this aspect, that church is an investment of your life. Church is an investment of your life, not in your life. Church is an investment of your life. Now, how do you invest in the church? How do we go about investing in the church? Let me say this. The first thing, your level of investment determines your level of blessing. When we, when we ask the question, how do we uh, invest in the church? The first thing I believe we need to understand is this. Your level of blessing Depends on your level of investment. Now, I know some people will say that that sounds like, um, you know, prosperity gospel. This—it's not. It's actually biblically based. The level of your blessing from God depends on the level of your investment in His kingdom through your local church. In other words, let me put it this very simply. In other words, you will only grow through the Word of God. To the degree that you invest yourself in reading and studying the word of god that makes sense if you don't ever pick up the bible you're never going to know what the bible has to say for truth now you may get an opinion you may get somebody's opinion from the internet but for yourself you're never going to truly understand what the bible says and means unless you invest your time and your effort into reading and learning the bible So, your level of blessing in knowledge of the Word of God is directly dependent on your investment, the level of your investment. Invest little, grow little. Invest big, grow big. You determine your level of blessing. You determine your level of blessing. You know what that's called? Personal responsibility. It's called personal responsibility. It's called taking ownership of your walk with Jesus Christ. And when it comes to a church situation, it's called taking ownership of your membership in the church, your level of involvement, your level of investment as an individual in the church. Now, I know when we talk about investment and when we, whenever we talk about money in a church, the idea of tithing always comes around. Have you ever heard of tithing? Tithing. Tithing is uh, one is, is the 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 word tithe means tenth, one tenth. So when it comes to money, it's always usually in a church. It's always talked about tithing, giving ten percent. You've got to give ten percent of your income to the church. I'm going to give you some statistics here in a little bit that might just kind of shock you. But that never goes to anything else. I should say, I then hear preachers say, Well, God, you, need to, you don't just need to tithe of your money, but also of your talents and your time. And those are the three areas we're going to be talking about investing your talent, your time, and your treasure. But do you, uh, do you get this? Do you understand that if we only are called to invest 10% of our lives, then that means we're given 90% of our lives to do with as we please? That's not biblical. That's not biblical. The Bible clearly tells us in 1 Corinthians 10.31 and other verses, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God. Do everything. Here's the way we need to think about all of what we have, whether it's our talents, our time, or our finances. Everything is a blessing from God. Everything is a gift from God. Therefore, everything I have ultimately belongs to God. He is, the Bible tells us this, we are stewards or caretakers of the blessings of God. I love, uh, I'm kind of in that middle generation that has, uh, of music that has one foot in the past and one foot in the present, and I grew up on Southern Gospel. So I love I love me some good Gaither music, right? I, I enjoy the Gaither, and every once in a while I'll put on uh, the the latest one I like to listen to is the Gaithers live. It's tough because uh, on my phone I'll put the I'll connect the Bluetooth in my truck, and. It's videos as well as the music. So I've got the videos going, and you can't really watch the videos while you're driving the truck, right? So I have to be real careful. But they sing a song, and the song is called Give It Away. If you want more happy than your heart can hold, if you want to stand taller if the truth were told, take whatever you have and give it away. And the whole song is about not hoarding up everything you get, but using it to bless other people and to build the kingdom of God. And that's the idea we want to get across and we want to really grab onto in this message is that what we've been given are gifts from God. And they're not just given to make my life happy and to make my life um, uh, easier. They're given to me to use for God's glory. That's what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. You see, when we start looking at it that way, that everything is God's, we, tend to, we, we can start looking away from money and realize the time I have is God's time. The Bible says to redeem the time and to use it wisely. The talents, the abilities, the gifts that I have are from God. God blessed me with those. There was a long, a, a lot of time before, um, before I had my, uh, all my surgeries. Um, I'm, I'm not a real talented guy when it comes to just about anything. You know, power tools uh, are not my thing. A hammer, I hit the wrong nails, um, right? Uh, I don't play a musical instrument. I don't sing. They don't want me to sing. Um, But what I had was the physical ability to work. So anytime somebody needed something, now remember I said this was before my surgeries, anytime somebody needed help moving, I would volunteer and I'm there. Listen, I can't help you build your house, but I can help you move into it. And I believed that the strength and the physical ability God gave me was to use for his purpose, to help people out. Around the church, I would do things physically that, I, that could help the church. Here, I, I love mowing the lawn, mowing the lawn and mowing the yard here. Jeremy, this is not an easy yard to mow, is it? The property, it takes a lot of work. It's physically demanding to mow three and a half acres of ground. I would do that because that's what I can offer. Because I believe that God has given me the talents and the abilities that I have for to use for his kingdom and to bless others and to help others and to advance the kingdom. So while I may not be the, able to be the one that plays uh, the piano or plays an instrument or leads worship, I can be the one that helps the church look presentable on a Sunday morning. Does that make sense? Everything I've been given is from God. Therefore, I need to use everything that he's given me Beyond just 10%. Can you imagine if people in the church only gave 10% of their abilities? If we in the church only gave 10% of our time, if we applied that 10% principle to everything, I'll be honest with you, nothing would get done. Right? So we need to start thinking about the big picture of it all, and that God says everything you have and everything you can do is to be used for my glory. Now, how do we go about doing that? That's the big question. We get so hung up on amounts. We get so hung up on, on you know, maybe you grew up in, in, uh, in those kind of churches and, and you sat down and you figured out to the penny what you made, Right? And you're maybe you had that old calculator watch or whatever, and you're right, and you're figuring it out to the penny because you didn't want God to not bless you. See, I think we need to think in a different way. That everything we have is from God. And everything we have needs to be used to glorify Him. This will all make sense, I promise. In other words, 100% of your life, 100% of your talents, 100% of your, dare I say it, 100% of your financial situation in life needs to be available to God for his kingdom purpose. Now, I'll just, let me, let me help you understand something here, because I know some of you may have grown up, grown up in churches where they did payday Sunday, Right? Everybody comes and signs their check and puts the check in the offering plate. Right? We're not going to do that here. Okay? Um, <laughs> a sigh of relief comes over everybody. <laughs> you know why? One reason why. Because God, gentlemen, ladies, whoever is well, you lead your home and you're financially responsible. Using your money to pay your bills on time is, is an honoring to God. That's part of being a good steward of what God has provided for you. As we go to the house, Aaron asked me, I think it was last night, Aaron said, does it scare you that you're going to sign a piece of paper that obligates you to that much? No, not at all. Because I'm giving my family something that we need. And I'm not scared about it. I'm not even nervous. I'm so excited about it. But I know that that, is not, it's not just uh, a nice thing to have for my family. That's my responsibility as a Christian father and husband is to take care of my family and to provide for them. Therefore, taking the resources that God blesses me with and supporting my family is honoring God with everything I have. You see, so when we say 100% of what comes in, <laughs> what you have should be available to use for God's glory and God's kingdom purpose, taking care of your family and paying your bills and having food on the table. That's God's kingdom purpose. That's part of God's kingdom purpose. Now we've kind of touched on it already, but we're going to get into this a little bit more. What is it that you have to invest? When we talk about investing in the church, What is it that you have to invest? The first thing we're gonna look at is this, our time. You have time to invest. Matthew chapter six, beginning of verse 19 says, "'Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth "'where moth and rust destroy "'and where thieves break in and steal.'" But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Leave, um, go back one, one slide to these. Uh, <laughs> go back one more. I can see on the back wall just in case. Since not, I, don't have, I don't have eyes in the back of my head. I can see in the back wall. <sighs> and, and I'm going to walk you through this, Okay. Um, The beginning of this passage says this Don't store up treasures on earth What kind of treasures is Jesus talking about? Talking about Material. Material. Material wealth, material things, right? So he's talking basically about our money here What he's saying is Don't put your focus in life Don't make it your goal to be rich and wealthy and to have a lot of things and to keep up with the Joneses. Don't make that your goal in life. But then, and and he goes on, he says, and this is where, because thieves can break in and steal. Go to the next slide. He changes things here. In the first statement, he's saying, don't store up material wealth. Now he says, he's talking about treasures as well here but don't store, he says, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. The change goes from material gain to eternal gain. He says, listen, don't spend your life being all worried and all caught up in making money and having the best and being the most successful and and making yourself comfortable and giving your family the best of everything and, and working Yourself to death and ignoring what's truly important in life. Don't store up the treasures on earth. Work for the treasures in heaven. Store up treasures in heaven because those are eternal. Those won't corrupt or fade away. Those will never go away. And if you do it right, if you serve right, if your heart is right, if you're doing it God's way, guess what happens when you get to, when, when, we, when, when believers get to the, the judgment seat, the Bema seat of Christ, which is where those who follow Jesus Christ with their lives, who have given him our hearts and accepted his gift of salvation, when we get there to, and stand before God, guess what's gonna happen? Those treasures that you've stored up in heaven They're gonna be represented by either gold, silver, precious stones, or wood, hay, and stubble, depending on your attitude and depending on your purpose. So if you spend your time storing up treasure in heaven because you believe in the purpose that God has given you in your life to honor him with everything. Listen, man, I I believe that if you are paying your bills on time, and if you're providing for your family, Mom, dad, single mom, single dad, whoever you are, divorced father who, who doesn't have the children, the hardest thing for a man, you don't have the children living at home, but you're still supposed to support them, you better support them. And if you do it for the, for the cause of Christ, single mom who is the one left with the kids and you're, it's, your, it's your responsibility to take care of those kids... Take care of them because I believe that as you invest yourself in being a good, godly mother and father, you're storing up treasures in heaven. And when you stand before God and he lays that down, I believe the fire of God's holiness will be put to that and your gold, silver, precious stones of your investment in your children for the kingdom of God will remain. Same thing with your work in the church. Listen, if you're, if you're doing things in the church just to be seen, guess what's gonna that's going to be represented with? Wood, hay, and stubble. And when the fire of God's holiness is put to that, it's going to be burnt up and you're not going to have it. But Jesus teaches us, listen, don't store up, don't, don't work so hard to gain things here on earth. Yes, it's necessary. Yes, and we're going to talk about the the importance of properly handling your money and supporting your church financially. Don't think we're not going to talk about that. But more importantly, listen, I know we're jumping all around, but there is a point here. You can give 50% of your income to the church, but if you give it with a bad attitude, guess what that's going to be represented by in heaven? wood hay and stubble I'd rather have somebody who with a pure heart before God in total faith puts $10 in the offering plate and says God would you use that for your kingdom than somebody who with a bad attitude says well I better do this or God's not going to bless me because you know what God's not going to bless you investing is more than money it's everything we have Listen, when it comes to your time, you don't just invest with your church attendance. You invest with what you give in the service of the church. What that includes is the time you pray for yourself, for your family, and for the ministry of Jesus Christ. Your prayer time is an investment of your time. Your Bible study, personal Bible study time, and the time you come to a Bible study that we offer here at the church, that's an investment of your time in the kingdom of God through your local church. The time that you spend visiting someone, whether they're sick or whether they just need a friend at that moment, man, that's an investment of your time for the kingdom of God. The time you spend, we have a ministry here that Pete and Lori lead, um, and I can't remember what it's called. Meals that Heal, thank you. Meals that Heal. The time you spend making a meal for a family who is going through a struggle, maybe it's a health struggle, maybe it's a, a, a crisis, maybe there's, there's something going on. The time you spend making that meal, if you do that for the glory of God, the Bible says that's an investment in eternity. That's an investment in the kingdom of God through your local church, and that will be blessed. God will bless that. Second area we have to invest in, invest with, is our talent. Not only do you have time to invest, but you have talent to invest. Ephesians 4:16, uh, 4.15, I'm sorry. No, it's 4.16. I put my glasses on and I saw the truth. <laughs> From him, the whole body, fitted and knit together. You laughed a little bit too much at that. (laughs) Just wanted to say that. Okay? From him, the whole body, fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament, promotes the growth of the body for building up itself in love by the proper working of each individual part. It's up on the screen. One, two, three, four. The fourth line. For building up itself. For building up itself. Folks, did you know that we, our level of investment in the local church, that, that is what determines the growth of this church? Do you understand that? The level of investment that we as the members of this church are willing to make in the ministry of this church with our time and our talents especially our talents in this, in this aspect, will determine the level of growth of this church. If you don't care and you don't invite people to church, if you don't care and you don't talk to people about your faith, guess what? Word's not getting out. Ah, it's all right. We're on Facebook Live. How many different countries have, have uh, hear our, our message every week? 26, 26, the message that we have is 20, 26 different countries. Somebody, in, there, there's a, a, somebody listens to us in Greece, in Iran. Hey, guess what? They're not commuting to church on Sunday morning. I'm so thankful, and I'm so thankful that we have that ability to reach out like that. But just because we literally have almost a global reach through Facebook Live does not mean we don't have to reach the people next door. One of the things I'm most excited about in our new neighborhood, which is just across the golf course, uh, I get to play a different hole, (laughs) Um, is it's a whole new neighborhood. It's a whole new neighborhood. It's a whole new group of people that we get to reach out. Hey, the the couple that lives next door to us, uh, the wife was, was it Gabriel's? She was one of Gabriel's teachers in kindergarten. Mrs. In kindergarten, I believe it was. So we actually get to show them that, that our boys are not crazy. But that opens up a whole new neighborhood that we've never lived in before of people to reach out to and to invite to church and to live Jesus in front of. You see we are responsible for building up our church. And as we invest in, our, our, in ourselves and invest in our church in love, each of us doing our part, then we'll see our church continue to grow. We'll see our church, not. Just, not and remember, we're not talking about numbers only. We're talking about spirituality. And we're talking about depth of life. We're talking about, understanding of Jesus and his love. We have some some saints here who have walked with God for decades. Sit down and talk with them about how good God is. Ask them about how good God is, even though their, their bodies are failing, even though their health is suspect at times. God is still good all the time because they knew how to invest in every aspect of life. Folks, our talents are incredibly important when it comes to investing because that's what gets the work done. That's what, that's what causes things to happen. We've got, um, I, I can announce this now, we've, we've got the Easter egg hunt coming up, but I was approached uh, on Facebook by a, a, a woman... That um, does uh, uh, craft fairs, craft fairs, and she said, "Do you think you'd be your church would be open to doing a craft fair?" You know, and she looked at it as a fundraiser. Uh, sure, we're always up for bringing money into the church, but yes, one of the reasons we took the pews out and put these chairs in was so that we could use all this space for other things. So we're going to be hosting a craft fair probably in May. And yeah, I heard some oohs, ah, ooh, ah. But they were female voices, <laughs> not male voices. Um, <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. And that is going to, yes, yeah, there's, there's residual benefits from that, don't get me wrong. But the big thing is, have you, have you ever been to a craft fair? Nope. <laughs> Zach says that proudly. <laughs> Literally hundreds of people go to these things. And that gives us opportunity to have more people come to new life so that we can meet them and talk with them and reach across and start building a bridge to them for Jesus Christ. Is that going to be something? I, you know, I have no desire. I don't, I'm not a crafty person, I'm not. Have you seen the movie, um, Toy Story 4? Sporky is about the, the uh, right? You, you, everybody who's got kids know what I'm talking about. Forky, Forky, I'm sorry, Sporky. They call him Forky, but he's a spork, okay? Forky, and he's got, he's got, a, he's got pipe cleaner arms, right? And he's got two mismatched eyes and pipe cleaner feet. That's about the level of craft that I can do. But you know what? So I'm not going to have a table here, but you know what I can do? I can set those tables up. And after those tables are set up, I can be here to help people know where to go, and I can help people, and I can help the church just by shaking hands and saying hello. I can use that, the talent and the gift of being a per, of. of being able to reach out to another to make people feel comfortable and to try and and bridge the gap between them and Jesus. See, every talent and ability you've been given has been given you so that you can be built up in your most holy faith, but also invest in the church and help build the church. Now, now, I know I teased this at the beginning, but we're going to stop right there. So you have a whole week to think about what's he going to say about money, (laughs) (laughs) right? And next week, we're going to start talking about that. We've talked about the talents and the time. Next week, and I want you, and I I think God designed it this week because I, I knew I wasn't going to get through my outline. But I think God designed this way so that you can, be prepa- you can prepare yourself for what's coming. And, is, and, and if you've been through our new members class, you'll know that the, the, uh, the agreement you sign does not financially obligate you. In fact, I put that in there. This does not bring me to any financial obligation to the church. We're not like that here. So some of you may say, well, I'm not going to be here next week because I don't want to hear about money. I challenge you, be here next week. Be here next week. It's not as bad as you think, okay? And let me me just say this one thing, okay? Many people don't give because they think that if they don't tithe or give 10% of their income, that it doesn't matter to God because they've been taught that God doesn't bless you until you hit that 10% mark. Well, let me tell you, only 5% of all evangelicals in America today tithe. 5%. Yet everyone who gives to the church financially in any other way is blessed by God. So that just destroys that myth right off the bat. Okay? So it's not going to be as bad as you might think it is. I promise you. But we do need to talk about it because money is something God has blessed you with and you need to use it wisely and you need to use it for the kingdom of God as well. All right. I hope I didn't scare you away for next week It's going it's to be good I promise Not because it's me but it's because it's what the Bible has to say Okay. So pray about this week And those of you who are watching us on Facebook Pray about listening And praying about being here next week So that we can talk about this And, and see what the Bible has to say About investing your finances In the kingdom of God I promise you You won't be disappointed Siri I'm not talking to you All right, so let's go ahead and pray Father thank you so much for the opportunity to be in your house today Lord boy we live in such a tough time right now in the church age God because so many people have been hurt so much in church and there's been so much bad teaching by others and Lord I'm I'm not being critical of people I'm just being honest and that has kind of drawn people and pushed people away But God, we're starting to see people come back. And what they're looking for is truth, God. And I pray that this morning, the truth that we laid out about our time and our talent and the investment of those in your kingdom will resonate with each and every one of us in our hearts. And God, next week, we're gonna be talking about a real tough subject for people. Giving to the church financially. God, I know that there are those here that Already have bucked up against that. But God, I pray that you'll tear that stronghold down. And I pray that you'll open up our hearts, all of us, open up our hearts to your truth about our money and the kingdom of God. And may you change the perspectives that need to be changed, even those who look down on others that don't give as much as they do. And God, may each and every one of us seek for your truth in our lives when it comes to investing of everything you've given to us. Thank you so much for the blessings you've given. Thank you so much for this day, for those who are here, for those who are away and sick. God, I pray a special blessing on all of us. Pray that you continue to grow new life, continue to bless this church, and continue to give us new vision for your kingdom. God, I pray that you'll watch over us, Pray that you'll go before us and set a hedge around us this week. For it's in your precious name we pray. Amen.